Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 4 o'clock on the number one sports talk show for your drive home. I mean, you know how it is. Rockin' and rollin' and whatnot. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. DJ is questionable for tonight. We're talking about Dejounte Murray. Does that mean he's actually questionable? Will he play, or is he questionable because they are thinking about making a trade? Hmm. We are keeping our eyes open, guys. It's Dukes and Bell Sports Radio, ninety-two nine. The game. This hour is brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. We're going to talk to our buddy Connor Riley here in just a second. But that is something that's top uh, front hmm. and center because the trade deadline is tomorrow, Mike. Yeah, there's some rumors right now, and nothing concrete. There's a couple of teams, you know, and more more Western Conference right now than anything else. But uh, there's no names that would really maybe you know get people excited here in Atlanta. We need look. We need what do we need, Carl? D and three, right? We need a guy that can be like a, a defensive stopper. We need some scoring off the bench and maybe another big. Hey, you know what? I'll tell you this: if they hold on to Dejounte and go get me one of those big dudes with one eyebrow from Eastern Europe, I'll be happy with that. You know, <laughs> a, a, a rim protector, some Cro Magnon dragging his knuckles that we can get out there and scrap when guys are picking on Trey. You know, that's all I'm looking for. We'll see what happens, guys. Uh, coming up, we'll talk with Brian Geltzeiler. He is also a host for SiriusXM, uh, NBA analyst. We'll get his thoughts on what may happen with not only DJ, but around the league as teams try to get better before the trade deadline. Right now, though, let's talk some dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with the dogs. Connor Riley is here from Dog Nation, guys. And, uh, Connor, it's weird because it's signing day, national signing day, but... It's kind of all done, right? I mean, the dogs haven't really done anything, and yet their status hasn't changed as the number one team in this particular cycle, right? Yeah. uh, Of the top 100 overall recruits, uh, there were only five that came into today having not already signed, and all five of those commits or all five of those prospects were already committed to schools. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Of the 28-man signing class that Georgia has brought in, all 28 of those guys signed in December – and I know there's been some talk of, you know, maybe we do away with the December signing day and move back to, you know, just traditional February. Maybe you get one at the end of July or early August. 22 of the 28 guys that Georgia signed in this class are enrolling early. And more and more you've seen Georgia sort of push for that, for kids that they're recruiting to have their academics in order and so that they can get started early. And so even if, you know, you do move it back and try to build – some more drama into the February signing day. I think the reality is that with these kids starting their their college careers earlier and earlier, again, 22 of Georgia's 28 signees are already on campus getting ready to go through spring practice. Mm -hmm. 
it's just this is a new college football era and the ways of old of you know everyone gathering around and watching some internet stream of a guy <laughs> picking a hat off the table uh i've just sort of gone by the wayside yeah it really is i mean it's still i mean people follow it but with a few exceptions it's just a big great big nothing um i know that he didn't speak directly with Dylan Rayola, but we were talking off the air, so now we get you on because I saw your article today. But Kirk Herbstreet reach, reaches out to Dominic Rayola, the father and, and former Nebraska player, when he was still here at Buford. The, there was smoke about him going out to Nebraska, and Herbstreet apparently telling his dad, oh, he's got to do it. He's got to go to Nebraska. It's weird. Um, you know, I'm someone who's very much like, don't tweet at recruits, don't talk to recruits, don't try and influence where recruits go. It actually – at Dog Nation, it's the it's the picture on our story. We have we have an image of Kirk talking to Dom, or to Dylan Raiola at a UGA game. Mm. Uh, that picture taken before the Ole Miss game at the end of the year. Huh. So it's you know it, it's just a little weird. And, and I'll note this: Georgia and College Game Day have a very weird dynamic <laughs> at this point in time. Obviously, David Pollock mm. uh, being laid off this past summer by ESPN. I think a lot of Georgia fans took that personally. Uh, Pat McAfee has made it known he is not exactly a fan of Georgia fans and the way they act. Mm. And, and then this Herb Street thing comes out. And, and look, I obviously don't think that Herb Street intended this to become public. I think this is maybe <laughs> yeah. Dominic Rayola bragging about this, and I'm sure Kirk is none all too happy about it. And from a national standpoint, you know, for if I you remove the Georgia emphasis that I have, like I understand people wanting Nebraska to be good. Like they have not in my you know adult lifetime been a relevant football program mm-hmm. but people still seem to want to wish and, and push that out there so maybe i understand that from herb street's perspective and yes in the 90s they won three out of four national championships something as georgia, georgia is trying to do this coming season but for a guy like herb street who's the biggest name in the sport uh it's just really odd that this sort of thing comes out and this sort of thing happens yeah um only because, uh, again, I'm not saying he's not allowed to have opinions or talk to whomever he wants. But, but when it comes out, you know where he where he right. sits. You know what the intentions are, and that right. that's going to rub people the wrong way, and and, and rightfully so. I mean, uh, we'll see how how Georgia fans react to it. Uh, speaking of of not getting guys, uh, this kid Terry Bussey from Texas, he goes to A and M, but I know Georgia was pushing to get this kid, this athlete, five star athlete out of Texas. Um, was there anybody that they wanted here the last minute that, 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 you know, like this, where whether he comes great, he adds to what we have, but if we don't get him, okay. I mean, was there anybody? No, I, I think Bussy fits that description. He's really the only guy Georgia was recruiting after the start of the early signing period. And uh, the big reason for that, I think it's a change in the defensive backfield when you moved on, when Fran Brown took the Syracuse head coaching job, uh, and Georgia brings in Dante Williams from USC, Bussy and Williams had a pre-established relationship, and I think that's why Georgia was willing to push for him. Guys, like if you go look at his stats, and he's playing in Texas, obviously not the biggest classification, but the numbers that he put up are insane. Like this guy is just a very good football player. Uh, would have been a defensive back at Georgia. Ultimately, ends up sticking to Texas A&M. But I, I think this is also an example of Kirby's recruiting philosophy in this current age. Who knows? Maybe a year from now, Terry Bussey is looking to go play elsewhere and. You know, wants to enter the transfer portal. Having a pre-existing relationship with Georgia, with the Georgia staff, Dante Williams, Glenn Schumann, also very involved in recruiting the area of Texas. Uh, it's not a bad thing in this current age. And, and so, yes, Georgia has 28 signees, four top 100 defensive backs already. Defensive back uh, was not 
a huge need at this point in time. But to, to go ahead, to build that relationship, to make the effort to show interest, it could end up paying dividends down the line, as we know with the transfer portal in Georgia so often when they are looking for guys or looking at guys, they're inclined to, to sort of favor guys that they've already previously recruited. And Bussy now falls into that sort of category, even with him ultimately signing with Texas A&M. It is our man Connor Riley, guys from Dog Nation. Uh, Alabama, there was so much made of, uh, you know, assistants coming and going, players, and what's going to happen with DeBoer. Still wind up with the number two recruiting class. So, I mean, but are they still going to be able to go toe-to-toe with Georgia next season? Right, that's the big thing. Uh, so, and with recruiting now, so much of it is having pre-established relationships and so far, and, you know, building it years out in advance. Like, the, the 2025 kids who will start signing and becoming bigger names in the cycle – Georgia's already been recruiting them for, for some time. And, and Kalen DeBoer, quite frankly, wasn't recruiting these caliber of athletes, wasn't recruiting this geographic footprint in his time at Washington. And so he's having to play catch-up in that regard. And I think we're going to learn a little bit more a year from now uh, if he is able to do that and win those types of battles. Because while, yes, Alabama was able to keep most of its recruiting class together, I think the only guy they really lost they signed was Julian Sain uh, of consequence. Uh, it's going to be more telling a year from now where all this sort of leads and where all this ends up. Uh, You know, I think keeping Ryan Williams, the five-star wide receiver, that's a significant win. And I think his time at Washington and what he, what he did with Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan obviously helped there, but Alabama was Alabama because of the way they recruited along the lines of scrimmage. And Kalen DeVore has got to prove that he's going to be able to go into places like Alabama, Atlanta, Mississippi, and win those recruiting battles. Because we've seen Georgia has been able to do that. And in Auburn, I think it is making up ground there and doing that there as well. And if Kalen DeVore is not going to be able to do that, it's just really, really hard to win in the SEC in that way. So I think a year from now, we're going to have a much better idea in terms of how well Kalen DeBoer is able to establish those connections. Because I know, you know Alabama, as you point out, might finish with the number two recruiting mm-hmm. class. They are a long way back from where Georgia is right now in terms of their relationships with these top recruits in the 2025 cycle. I want to have a quick conversation, Connor, about uh, Carson Beck, and it has nothing to do with his on the field. Uh, people have seen the pictures of Carson Beck reportedly buying a Lamborghini Urus. It's a $300,000, $400,000 car, depending on where you go. Could it be a lease? Um, I said this to my guys on the show, and, 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 and having been around guys that played at a high level, some of these guys, this was what they worked for. They were working to get to a point where they could have these kinds of luxury items. And my question is, don't you think it becomes more difficult to be motivated when you're already getting some of these things that you crave to have as you work your way through this process of getting to the NFL? I think that's certainly a factor in it. You know, and this is something that Georgia, I think, really tries to suss out in the recruiting process. Are you doing this? Are you playing football because you want those luxury items, that Lamborghini, uh, those types of things, that lifestyle, that playing big time now – college football afford you or are you are you someone that is invested in playing football and the grind that comes with that and getting better in a day-in day-out service because I do think that you're able to have both you can both eat off the floor and also have your caviar there as well as Kirby Smart likes to sort of make that a catchphrase so I know Carson Beck is very committed I know he is someone that wants to continue to work and get better because I think he knows what's at stake perhaps a year from now, potentially being the number one overall quarterback prospect. 
And so, yes, obviously a player getting a Lamborghini is always going to draw headlines. I don't think he actually bought it. Uh, there are these things out there called leases, and you can certainly do that for a short period of time. Right. And it is often much cheaper than what you're ultimately paying there. Right. And the reality is, like, if Carson Beck goes out there and throws for 35 touchdown passes and leads Georgia to a college football playoff and an SEC championship and a national championship, he could drive a spaceship for all anyone cares. And I think he knows that as well and is as motivated as anyone to keep on improving off of what he did in this past season. Right. Aside from the optics because of the Chandler LaCroix, Devin Willick, you know, tragedy, you know, but again, everybody on a campus is like Dion's kids have got Rolls Royces and mansions. Personally, I don't care about these guys getting what they got coming right now until somebody sets up something where there's going to be some form of restraint. Yeah, there is never going to me, they're never going to be able to put the toothpaste back in the tube and the top 50 will be the top 50. So who cares? Just be smart in those cars, man. That's all that matters. Hey, brother, anything between now and the G-Day game we should be looking for? Uh, I mean, spring practice starts in about a month. We'll have the NFL Combine here at the end of February. Uh, not a whole lot. This is as quiet as things are going to be from a Georgia news standpoint. Uh, you know, the recruiting calendar calls this the dead period. It's the one time a year coaches are really able to recharge. And, and so nothing too huge in my mind on the horizon there from a news standpoint for Georgia. Good stuff. Connor Riley, we appreciate you, man. As always, tell the people where they can find your stuff. Yep. Follow me on Twitter, at KConnorRiley. Uh, thanks a lot, you guys. You too. Mike. Um, we're grown men. We have issues with cars that have 500 horses. Right. That one has almost seven. You can tell me all you mm. want to be careful. You're going to test it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm just telling you. No, I mean, like, I, I can't get holier than now because I have been a super speeder. But, yeah, it's. Uh, we know. You yeah. and I, but we, we're car guys. We, but it's just, this is know, what we do. But it's just, it's, yeah, it's it, because of what happened after the championship. It is just tough. It, it's It's hard. But, uh, look, hopefully the kids are making good decisions, but you know man. And Better I, decisions. Yes, and I don't want to be that guy right? because I'm all for Carson Beck getting whatever is coming to him. This is the system. Play it. Right. Do, get, get what you deserve. But to Mike's point, this is happening everywhere. Hey, go look at all these other programs, mm-hmm. all these quarterbacks, these star receivers, whatever it might be. They're all driving something insane that we never thought we'd see in college football. Right. So it's just kind of where we're at. All right, we're coming back. Brian Geltzahler is going to join us. What's the latest on the trade deadline? And is DJ going anywhere? And are the Hawks going to do anything? Mm. It's next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got Usher tickets for you between now and 7. Stay tuned. We'll give those away. He's coming to... Oh, he's coming home. But he's going to be at State Farm Arena October 17th. And uh, you can get tickets online, guys. LiveNation.com, Ticketmaster.com. So check them out. But we've got a pair of tickets for you. Stay tuned. Right on. I know it's tacky to talk about the comeback music, uh, but it's just funny because Oren's probably the only brother I know who listens to Mr. Mister. This song, it speaks to me. I love this song. I love the way As you said Catholic that. As a Catholic boy, this song speaks to it me. It speaks yes. to you. <laughs> Let's speak right, to Brian Geltziler, who oh. is a guy that follows the NBA, host for Sirius XM, <laughs> and an NBA analyst. And, uh, Brian, we want to start here in the ATL. What are you hearing, if anything, about DeJounte Murray? Because this is our fear. They might trade him, but they're not going to get a whole lot back for him. And if that happens, we've been saying let's not do the deal. What are you hearing, if anything? Are the Lakers still interested? Uh, what's the deal? I hear the Lakers are interested. I hear that the Nets are also interested in DeJounte Murray. The problem is this, and there's a couple problems involved here. First of all, they're never going to get what they gave up for DeJounte Murray. That's a fact. So if you're going to trade him right now, it's a full surrender on the fact mm. that young Murray has not worked at all. So do you want to do that full surrender right now? Well, if you're able to get a decent enough package back, why not? The flip side is you're not able to get a decent enough package. And to just trade Murray to get rid of him, why not let him see out the year and figure it out in the offseason? I'm with you guys. I think if you're not going to get – the right kind of return for DeJounte Murray, you just shouldn't do it. So, and I, listen, it's been a disappointing year for the Hawks. There's no doubt about it. But I think when you look at, at you know, just the whole, we have to trade Murray because this isn't working, listen, it's not working. It, it, it's obvious. But you also need to do everything measured. Things can't be done rashly, and there can't be emotional reactions because this hasn't worked out as well as everybody thought it was going to be or how it was intended to work out because the other thing that allows us for a little bit more time. Listen, the Hawks have been a little bit better lately. Right. Um, and we certainly saw them last year be very tough in the first playing game on the Miami Heat. Um, and, you know, Miami, obviously, the Heat went to the finals. So I, I, I'm not shoveling dirt on the Hawks saying they're completely done. They can't make any noise in the playoffs. I, I don't know. They it had to look like a team that could. They certainly don't guard very well. It's an e- you know, it's very easy to come into State Farm Arena and score a lot of points. With that said, I just think every move here going forward has to be measured and thought out. And right now with what's being offered for Murray, I'm with you guys. I don't jump the trade Yeah, Brian. And that's the thing. I mean, Travis Schlenk wouldn't sign off on this deal, and they moved him out. And, and now the other, the other thing to this is, you know, some teams might look at it. His, his contract, the big extension, kicks in next year. We can't get Ressler to go deep. He went on the show with us last year, said that's never going to be a hindrance. He's prepared to spend. But how do you get a guy to spend? We're, we're, we're constantly stuck in the play-in zone right now. It's NBA purgatory. That's the problem. Like, listen, you want to either be bad enough to get top picks to be able to draft star players, and the Hawks were there, but they haven't been able to, you know, for except for the year they went to the conference finals and beat the Sixers, they haven't been able to advance deep with this core. And so you have to look at this core and say, hey, what do we need to do to mix this up? You know, they've invested in some players that haven't worked out. We've seen Clint Capella's 
production go kind of downhill. He's not the same guy that he was defensively. Um, they gave a lot of money to DeAndre Hunter, and he's been really, really disappointing. He hasn't played all that well at this point in time. He lost his starting job. I mean, it's he, he's, been, he's been a mess. Even Bogdanovich, who's a good shooter, uh, he just – I don't know that he's played up to his salary. He's been hurt a lot. Like, it's – there's been some disappointing things that happen here. But, you know, when you're at the trade deadline right now, if you're not going to go in the tank or you're not making a trade that's going to help you compete for a title, you have to be really careful about what you do when you're caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, these parallel moves, these side-to-side moves that may be a short-term Band-Aid on an issue can really hurt you in the long run if you're not careful and, and you know, and postpone something that you may need to do in terms of a rebuild. So I think the Hawks have to be really careful here in terms of doing something here at the deadline. I, I think it's if, if they are if they don't have anything that they think is a really good deal, and that goes beyond Murray. That's that's into other players as well. I think they have to be really careful because when you look at the young core, Jalen Johnson's a really good young player. I'm a huge Okongwu fan. Plays bigger than he is and, and certainly, you know, for a guy that's only about six, eight and a half, does a nice job at center. I still have some hope for A.J. Griffin. I mean, it, it, there's, there's there's some there's something here. There's some good players here. It's just a question of I don't know if it's a culture issue. There's something not right on the defensive end of the floor with how this team plays. And I think they have to take a deep dive into that and then figure out is the talent we have the right fit for how we want to play defensively because I think that's where the problems are right now. We know that this team's a great offensive team and can score, but they need to they really need to do a, a deep, deep dive into who they are defensively and what they need to do to improve on that end of the floor. And it's just very hard to do that at the deadline. So what teams do you feel like make a move? I mean, who needs to make a move? In the East, is it the Cavs or maybe the Bucks? I've heard they're interested in maybe Wiggins. Uh, is it the Knicks or the Sixers, who obviously is missing Embiid right now? Or in the West, where we just saw the Clippers and Mike and I were saying, they look like the best team in the West. OKC is a surprise. Do they need to make a move? Like, Brian, what team needs to make a move to take the next step? All right, so there's a handful of them. Let's fire through them a little bit. First of all, the Minnesota Timberwolves, as we're speaking, made a very important move and just traded for Monte Morris uh, from the Detroit Pistons, which is a vital move for them because they need somebody capable behind Mike Conley to be a backup point guard on the team. Very, very good deal for them. That's something that they needed. Um, You look, listen, the the Lakers obviously need to mix something up in that mix, but I just don't know that they have enough assets to be able to get anything meaningful done um i think the knicks have another move to make you know randall's hurt right now he will be back it's looked great there with the knicks but if you want to advance in the playoffs you have to take that Evan Fournier expiring contract and turn that into a player that's going to produce, whether that's another wing, whether that's a, a backup guard. Um, and then I think the Knicks absolutely completely have to do something. I think the Philadelphia 76ers need to do something there. You know, I Woj had said in his podcast earlier today that they're counting on Joel Embiid being back for the playoffs after surgery yesterday. Mm, Brian so Geltz. Yeah. Right. Good. If that's the case. Go get somebody. And, and they have to, the problem is that there's all these buyers. We're the sellers. Mm. Let Charlotte be a seller. 
maybe the Wizards. The Pistons are going both ways. They traded for Fontecchio earlier today and now make right. this Morris deal. And then you kind of, listen, the, the big team, listen, the swing team here with all this, the two teams are the Blazers and the Nets. Because if either of them go into sell mode, guys like Brogdon, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, those can be guys that'll, that'll be important contributors to teams that are looking to advance in the playoffs. Yeah, man, sorry to cut you off. It's our man Brian Geltzeiler, guys. He's the founder of HoopsCritic.com, NBA analyst. You hear him on Sirius Satellite. He's our, go- our go-to guy this time of the year. So everything with us is always some story about the Lakers and uh, DeJounte, their interest with us. And all we could maybe get back would be, what, Austin Reed? I mean, what, what would we get and how would that even make sense for us? Because we need some picks. If we're going to do a first-rounder, nothing in 2027 or 28 really helps us. Now, word is they're not trading Austin Reeves. Um, and it would be great if you could, you could get Austin Reeves, you step up there and make that Murray deal immediately. You can make the case, even with how weak Reeves is defensively, that on the offensive end, he's just going to fit better with Young. And Reeves is a guy that's got a lot of value out there. You could, you could figure it out. They're not going to get Reeves. The thing is, the problem with the, the Murray deal is the Lakers only have one first-round pick to, to trade. And they're throwing around names like D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura. Those are the names they're throwing around. So, <laughs> to me, if that's what you – listen, you gave up two firsts and a swap for this guy. Like, you need – you take one, you know, garbage Laker pick back in 2029. Like, what is that doing for you? And that's part of my case here is if you can't just keep them. Just keep them and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, and that's so it's, there's just not a lot out there. The problem is, listen, the big underlying problem with all this movement at the trade deadline is no one likes this year's draft. So when you start to, you know, put picks forward at this point and you're willing to trade a pick in this year's draft, teams are turning their nose up at it because they'd rather have future first-round picks and no one wants to trade the future first-round picks because they're assuming drafts in the future are going to be better. Great stuff as always. Brian, appreciate you, man. Brian Geltzeiler, guys, mm-hmm. host for a SiriusXM, also NBA analyst, and uh, breaking down the trade deadline for us. We'll talk to you soon, my man. I look forward to it, guys. Thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we'll see what the Hawks do. But, Mike, we got to get to some guy talk. Yeah, man. What if you're on a plane, you're flying international, and you look out your window and you see, like, duct tape on the uh, wings? Would that give you some, <laughs> some pause? <laughs> Yes. Would that make yes. you freak out a little bit? A little bit. little yeah. bit. Yeah, we'll get into that. And uh, just when you think all the good rap names are taken, uh, I was looking around Channel 2 today, Carl, trying to find some late-breaking stories sure. for your guy talk. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, the legal problems of Quando Rondo coming up on Dukes and Bell. It's time for fun. <laughs> it's time for guy talk. Yes. Never mind. It's time for shenanigans. Brought to you by Hooters. If the game is on, it's on at Hooters. Any conference, all season long. Yeah, buddy, don't forget our Hey Man Ale, guys. Uh, it's out there. Go get it. If they don't have it in your local package store, wherever you get your booze, tell them to go get Dukes and Bell Hey Man Ale. Talk to our tailor, our brewmaster. The uh, watermelon lime is on hold right now, Carl, until we get back to the uh, warmer months. More, yeah. more of a spring or summery kind of brew. Great yep. uh, lake beer. It's still out in stores. I've seen yeah, it. It's still out there. But it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the holy grail of Tasty Brews. So go find it, man. It is. And, uh, hey, by the way, we're going to be hitting the bricks on Friday. We've uh, not been out there in a minute. We're going to be at Twin Peaks and Buckhead, guys. Check us out on Friday right up there off of Piedmont. And look forward to seeing a lot of our old friends. Come on out and have a good time. Get you ready for the, uh, the big game. Hey, um, it's funny. Every day when I'm on the, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready for guy talk, you know, sometimes I got a bunch of stories. Sometimes I got, you know, stuff I don't get to. And then today I was looking for some stuff last minute. I went to Channel 2's website. Because I was telling Carl, 
the struggle is real with DirecTV. Like last month, they didn't have a contract with Channel 11. Now they ain't got a contract, I guess, with Cox, whoever runs Channel 2 these days. Okay. So I got no, I got no Channel 2 now. What does it say when you pull it up, by the way? We are currently negotiating, blah, blah, blah. The owners are blah, blah. And they make it sound like it's on the TV station. Like uh, it's not DirecTV. I, I, who knows with these negotiations? But, okay. I mean, just further evidence for me to just cut the cord. So is this the negotiation, like how much they charge to be on that, right. that right. carrier? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And you've seen it before, and sometimes they're owned by big, big companies, and it's not so. In other words, there'd be a bunch of NBC affiliates around the country that are not on DirecTV that month while they do the contract. Exactly. And right now it's Channel 2, which is, you know, it's tough because, you know, it's like my go-to in the morning. You know, watch Fred and the guys and everything. You know, then I go to show to 5 when they go to Good Morning America. (laughs) (laughs) I got a routine, man. I'm a man of routines. I watch David. I don't watch the news at 7 because my wife, of course, is like, you know, you know, she's watching the news. She's don't get me started. So I, I watch that David Muir stuff by myself, and I can watch in a, in a, in a judgment-free zone, Carl, of all yeah. the things that are going on in yeah, the world. I just want to be uh, right. want to be up to date on what's right. happening. So, right. I, so I'm on Channel 2's website today, and I, I'm just found this story. It says, it says Georgia rapper arrested again. I'm like, oh, this is somebody we know, right? Okay. Somebody here in Atlanta. No, it's a dude from Savannah. And I, I asked the guys during the break, you ever heard of Quando Rondo? You heard of Quando Rondo? Uh, Oren? I've not heard Why of Why am I asking Oren? He was just playing Mr. Mister. How the hell is he going to know Quando Rondo? Yeah, but he knows his hip-hop, too. I, I have not heard of Quando Rondo. Nor had I. Apparently, he's got a couple of minor hits. He was arrested driving under the influences down in the Savannah way. And uh, his real name is, well, it doesn't matter, but uh, Taquian Bowman. It's with Quando Rondo. Okay. Uh, his, uh, his real name. But dude's got a couple of hits I never heard of. The guy's never heard of. So I just, I was like. Is that a good rap name, Quando Rondo? Well, it, obviously it rhymes. Uh, it's one that <laughs> you mean, probably would remember. I mean, you got Quavo, but that Quando Rondo. Rondo, yeah. yeah. But but the Rondo rhymes with Quando, and therefore you remember Quando Rondo. <laughs> I mean, if he's from Savannah, why don't you be Savannah Banana? <laughs> that name's taken. I know, that's a, that's a baseball team. Hey, by the way, if you were in the rap game, what would you, by the way, what would the names be? If you're in the hip-hop game, or what would you go by? Like my last name is Romaine, so I take the main, like the main thing, the main event. Okay. Right. All right. Well, how about we use the uh, for the money is lettuce, romaine lettuce. <laughs> Just throw it out there, Chris. The main. I'm going to take the uh, old stripper joke approach. I'm going to mm. use the street I grew up on and my first pet. So right. I'd be Malcolm Bunny. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you know, Malcolm Bunny is a good rap. That's that a is. good name. No, that is. I can see you know Malcolm Bunny rap opening up for Travis Scott. No, that is my. <laughs> um, if I use that right. name, it's Charlie Olson, which it doesn't sound as quite no. appealing. Mine is... Uh, Sounds like you should be in Mayberry RMD. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, newspaper my, reporter. That's right. my uh, first street name and name right. and porn and all that. But, uh, Mike, back in the day, I was, and this was my name, and it was known everywhere, Doc CCD. That was me. Doc CCD? Yeah. Doc Cool Carl Dukes. That was me. And I like it, it. And everybody used to say, oh, is Doc CCD, is he going to DJ this party? He is. Nice. Uh, that was my MC name, and when we were clowning around in the lunchrooms back in the day, everybody had a nickname, and so you'd be like, yeah, what's your rap name? <laughs> oh, oh, no. And we just start freestyling, you know, back in the day, right. with somebody, and you start beatboxing, and it, you guys know what I'm talking about. Right. If you no. lived it, you know what I'm talking about. And this was the conversation we had years ago. I remember we were down, I think it was in Florida State, and some of my buddies from FAMU were all hanging out. We're joking around, like, what would your rap name be? And I said, I'd be Beef and Cheddar. Beef and Cheddar. <laughs> you know, so it'd be like Beef, letter N, Cheddar. Or, and later on, uh, Eight Piece. Yeah. You know, Eight Piece is a great name. Yo, 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 eight piece in the house. That? You and the group that are our chat, it was Big Beefy and Cheddar and Head Punch. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Head so punch. No, I just, I, again, so I apologize if I'm, hurt, if I'm offending the fans of Quando Rondo. It just made me chuckle. I thought maybe no, I hadn't heard of funny it. Funny name. But I will say this. Mm. I now know who he is. Yeah, you know. Hey, uh, if you're on an airplane and you look out your window 
and like you're over like you know you're up at a cruising altitude, should we reach our cruising altitude of thirty five thousand feet? And you look down, and and you see duct tape. I mean, not just I mean, like lots of it, like patches of it. On the wing of a of a seven eight seven, would that freak you out a little bit? Big time. I'd be very very concerned. Yeah, because that's the story. Airline passengers shocked. They call it now over in the UK. They call it gaffer tape, but we would call it like you know like duct tape. Look, looks basically like duct tape. Okay. Now I know in NASCAR, and I use duct tape for everything. Right, by the way. we all do. But I know in NASCAR, you know they have like they call it like that, like the two hundred mile an hour tape. But you're going like nearly 500 miles an hour at altitude on a jet, so not sure if that's the real deal. Anyway, uh, it's a it's an English woman. She noted the tape on the exterior of a flight to India. Oh, going a long way. That's a long way. And she wrote on, I guess, on social media. I've flown all around the world, but I've never seen anything like this. Uh, and then apparently, experts uh, were saying, "Oh, it's not that big a deal." And she, she came back with, "It was." Peeling off mid-flight. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. Like, there's big patches. I'll show you the picture of it, and you'll be like, holy cow. And, and he goes, uh, she, she points it out to her husband. He's like, what the deuce? I was very surprised to see a patchwork of, again, they call it gaffer tape, all over the wing halfway through the flight. Um, according to Boeing, uh, does not exactly have the best rep right now, uh, says the airplane's adhesive tape, it's speed tape. Perfectly safe for use on airplanes. Uh, the FAA approved the material for temporary <laughs> fixes. Orange making duck face right now. Uh, it was likely used to fix paint adhesion issues that have been plaguing some 787s. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, according to the spokesperson, the sticky material is used to keep the paint from peeling off and not to like actually hold a wing together. In case you were wondering why it was. Either way, so it's the a bad not look. Gonna rip off so it, you got patches of duct tape on the wing. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, I got to be honest, you know, for years, my dad would- This is the stuff I don't want to know. I was literally like, you know, we were over in Europe when I was a kid, and when we had never flown an Airbus flight, and my, my old man's like, you know, if it ain't Boeing, I ain't going, because <laughs> that was the phrase. But I got to tell you, they got to tighten it up over there in Seattle, man. Yeah, I uh, that's stuff I don't want to know. I don't right. want to look out and see duct tape or any kind of tape on the wing. I don't want to see anything. I mean, I, it looks like a quilt pattern all the way down the wing. Man. Yeah. Anyway, so if it, I'll talk to my guys. Obviously, I, though, that flight landed safely. Oh, yeah, and it's fine. They got the India. But I'll, when I, at my Super Bowl party, like half my neighborhood is Delta people. So yes. I'll ask my Delta guys if this is something about the 787. Nope, nothing to see here. Or is it? Speaking of Super Bowl, Super Bowl parties, overrated, underrated? Over. Um, I guess HFM is still the thing. The magazine, they did a, a poll, I guess, online, or yeah. Max or whoever owns it. Uh, and uh, 45% say Super Bowl parties are overrated. Overrated. It's overrated. It's- and oh, by this is, oh, sorry, uh, men 18. Of course, these guys hate everything. Men 18 to 34. Yeah, but I just think it's all about how you want to enjoy the game. Like, that's the key, right? If you are all about socializing, you're mm. not going to watch the game and you're not going to be paying attention to it. And that's great. If you want to watch the game and be entertained by the game itself, then these parties can be overwhelming. And therefore, Mike, that's where the overrated comes in. And let's be honest. The food is not always what it's cracked up to be. Speak for yourself. I know you have great food. We well, have great food. The problem, though, is when you commit to going to someone's Super Bowl party, you expect the food is going to be on point. Right. Until you get there and you realize like there might be one or two things. There's no collaboration with, hey, what do you guys want? What are you bringing? What? And then everybody is happy about the food. There's always somebody at the party, at least the parties I go to, somebody's you know not not happy about the food, which wow. makes the party overrated. No, man, we got our, our, we got a great collection of neighbors. My buddy Mike, who's a Delta mechanic, he does like a Boston butt. We got other guys doing chili. Uh, we did have a little bit of I didn't. Oh, you know I didn't bring this up last week. I should do it now while Becky's out of town. So uh, at the uh, last time we had a big party, was, you notice uh, there's a theme here, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> we had our Black, we had our Black Friday party, which we always do. Everyone brings their dogs over. We have a big free for all. So Tina, my buddy's Rob's wife, she made her cornbread. 
And Becky, oh. they, they got the wires got crossed, so we had double on cornbread. Okay. And Becky's like, well, which is the best? Uh-oh. Don't even go there. Now, Tina uses like three sticks of butter in her cornbread. Don't go there. It's got a lot of flavor. Don't go there. Man. And Is t- Tina a black woman? No. Oh, okay. Just, well, no, why Where's Tina from? No, I was curious. When you said cornbread and butter, I, I grew up on cornbread. Why you got a profile? I, I, I grew up on cornbread. Is it I, when you above up, or below the Mason-Dixon line? Where's she no, from? She, uh, Mid-Atlantic, like Baltimore. All right. Ooh. That's confusing. I know. <laughs> I don't know. That's perplexing. Well, they got brothers and sisters in Baltimore. Maybe through osmosis it got to the family. Either way, it's great. No, listen. A lot of flavor. There are great recipes out there. But right. when you said that, I was like, oh, don't go there. Well, uh, and, and I got to tell you, it's still a bone of contention because today Becky's out of Florida for work, and I'm talking to her. And we're coordinating with all my friends, but who's bringing what for our party? Mm-hmm. And, and and she's like, what's Tina going to bring us? Maybe she'll bring the cornbread. Oh, don't do and that. And she's like, really? And you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. I just stepped in it again. Yeah. Another trip to D. Geller. Well, if it was really good, though, yeah. I mean, you're probably right. You probably want to enjoy that. Yeah, but, but it's a thing. It's And, and now she's being totally passive aggressive on that. Hey, by the way, speaking of uh, tasty food, when uh, whether it's after the game or whatever, uh, thanks to Alex, who follows us on Twitter. He's a big listener. He retweeted a story uh, that Brooksgate had ranking Major League Baseball teams based on their distance to the nearest Waffle House. I thought this is kind of interesting. Needless to say, Carl, nobody in baseball is closer than the Bravos. You go down Cobb Parkway, there's a Waffle House just less than half a mile, 0.48 miles. What do you think the farthest distance from the ballpark to a Waffle House would be around Major League Baseball? Uh, Obviously, it's a southeastern, mid-Atlantic, slightly midwestern. No more than three miles. The farthest distance is T-Mobile Park. There ain't no Waffle House in the Pacific Northwest. 982 miles. Matter of fact, it's 60 miles to PNC Park in Pittsburgh to the nearest Waffle House. And it's 75 miles from City Field and Yankee Stadium to the nearest Waffle House. Wow. Yeah. Fenway, it's 243 miles. That's a lot. And uh, the closest ones are the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, because over in Kentucky they'd have one, and they've got them in southern Ohio. Uh, Texas, where the Rangers play, Tropicana Field, Phoenix, Royals, Coors Field, St. Louis, all within 12 miles. But, again, only half a mile from Truist Park to the nearest Waffle House. Interesting. Yeah, well, listen, we love Waffle House. Now you get me hungry, by the way. What? Did, by, by the way, what's your? we could do this for la- if you want to do for last call tonight. What is your Waffle House uh, order? I like the, the Texas sandwich, man. That me sausage, too. egg, cheese. Yeah, I do, the, I, do that, I do that Texas cheesesteak, man. That's Double unbelievable. the meat. Yep, that's yeah, me, I, man. I, I love it. Mm. Hey, hey man, that's Guy Talk. Uh, let's give these tickets away, Mike, because people are literally going, are you still have the Usher tickets? Yes, and here's your chance right now at 404-726-0929. Caller 7, you're going to win tickets to go see Usher in October. This is the tour, guys. He's coming to State Farm Arena. Pre-sale tickets available at LiveNation.com and Ticketmaster.com. Caller 7, you're going to go see Usher in October at State Farm Arena right now. When we come back, big announcement in college football. I think it is. And we're going to talk about the front office and how much does Terry Fontenot get to do now versus when he was here just mm. a few years ago. We'll talk about it next on Sports Radio 92.9 again. No pivot ain't easy for all my chicks in the club. Who knows how to- Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.